This is the South Bend Beat Podcast, presented by Alpha Dog Agency. Welcome to my city, bring you to my city, let you ride around my city, I can show you around my city. Welcome to my city, bring you to my city, I can show you around my city, it's my city. Welcome back to another episode of South Bend Beat. Today we have on siblings Kevin and Colleen Lawler. They run Baker and Rose, uh, which is a restaurant right on the corner of Niles and East Jefferson, uh, right there on the river in downtown South Bend. Um, they're both from Portland and decided to come to South Bend and open a restaurant. Uh, we talked about their background, um, how they brought a little bit of Portland with them to South Bend, um, and why they chose South Bend to launch the restaurant. So I hope you enjoy this episode. Let's go. That ham and cheese sandwich <laughs> is one of my favorite things in this world. It's yeah. absolutely unreal. We know. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so let's get right to it. Um, we'll start with your backgrounds. Because um, a lot of, not a lot, but some of the people that come on here from day one never left South Bend. Um, that's not your story. Um, so whoever wants to go first, kind of get us started on your background and what brought you back to South Bend. Yeah, well, thanks for having us. Um, I mean, for for us, I came to South Bend for the first time in 2010 and 2011. Um, I had a very good mutual friend of Mayor Pete, and Mayor Pete was running for office for the first time. And I had been, um, you know, working in politics. And so my friend connected us and said, hey, you should come out. You should help Mayor Pete. Or he wasn't Mayor Pete at the time, just this guy named Pete. I didn't know. Just Pete. So I, uh, so I came here and helped out. I had a really good time in the city. That kind of led me to meet uh, my now girlfriend who grew up here. So, um, but originally we grew up in uh, the area in the Portland, Oregon area. So, you know, it's kind of a long way and not a place we really expected to ever get to, but, um, but that's kind of how I, I got here in the first place. And then, um, you know, I left after his 2011 uh, campaign when he was elected mayor and kind of went and did a bunch of other things. But uh, my girlfriend, um, got a job in Notre Dame in 2016 and we moved back and you know this is by that time you know this place was really we thought going in the right direction and like hey we should we should come here you know we can start something we can do cool stuff and it's a good quality of life and we actually you know South Bend was kind of a place that you know we wanted to be so awesome how about you okay are you ready I am. <laughs> let's hear it um well since I was like you said we grew up in Portland Oregon um and I've always since I was of working age worked in hospitality often uh, cafe management roles restaurant jobs so I've I've got a long background in in this field and um, when I was working on my bachelor's degree uh, I started doing some traveling as well so went and did an internship in Cape Town South Africa and I was like this is amazing like I just want to keep traveling a for a while you know here, yeah. <laughs> yeah and then uh so then I got home and I kind of asked around where else can I go and so then the next place I headed off to was Sydney, Australia and I lived there for about a year, did some traveling through Southeast Asia, uh, then moved to New Zealand. So I did like working visas in Australia and New Zealand. Man, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I did, I overall was gone about two years and I came back and I met up with Kevin and Claire in DC and you know, we kind of talked about, oh, we could open something someday, you know. He's got the mind for the menu and the passion and all that, and I've got, you know, this hospitality experience. And um, But they were in D.C. at the time, and I was just kind of still bouncing around and, and traveling around. And I had had friends in the past say, like, well, you know, when are you going to stop? When are you going to stop traveling? When are you going to stay still for a while? And I said, well... When something is actually like pulls me enough to that I want to stop um, living the nomad life and actually, you know, settle for a while. And so then my most recent uh, before I came here, I, I was con I was a contractor at McMurdo Station in Antarctica. And so, uh, yeah, so I went there for about 11 months. I went and lived in Japan for a couple months and then I went back to Antarctica for another six <laughs> And then this last time that I was there, Kevin emailed me and he said, hey, 
you know, we're in South Bend and, and, you know, we would talk on the phone, we would email and yeah, he, he kind of said the same stuff. He's like, it's, it's a livable city. It's up and coming, you know, like this is an opportunity for us to do what we've been talking about and get our foot in the door and really, you know, be young entrepreneurs in, in sort of this growing city. And so I said, okay, let's do it. And so when my contract finished in April, I headed yeah, out when, this way. When she was in Australia and New Zealand, I was happy to go visit. Yeah. Uh, but Antarctica, I was like, no, you got to come back Is here. New Zealand yeah. as pretty as everybody <laughs> says? Is it just gorgeous? Yeah. yeah. Even more so, honestly. Really? Like you, yeah. once you're, yeah, it's just, it's like looking out the window at a postcard every second of every minute. It's just like everywhere yeah. you're looking, it's just incredible. Um, it was, that was that was my favorite place, I think, yeah. you know, to that we've been able to go and, and she was living in Wellington, but we did a road trip through the South Island of New Zealand and it was just unbelievable. We we had like one of our best days I've ever had in my life. We t- did a snowboarding trip and it was just like, you look out and there's just snow-capped peaks everywhere and there's rivers and- Like it's not even real? No, yeah, yeah. And we were just like snowboarding, just like I couldn't even look in front of me. I was just had to look out at this scenery. And then we went to a movie theater that night that served uh, dinner during an intermission in a lounge chair at a movie theater. And we we're like, this is the last. <laughs> <laughs> now, what was colder, Antarctica or here about a month ago? <laughs> uh, pretty similar, actually. You get that same feeling where the hair in your nostrils freezes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. just terrible. It was. So South yeah. Bend, which um, is up and coming and becoming into more of, I guess, like a hip city. Being from Portland, you guys know a thing or two about hip cities. Um, Portland mm-hmm. is. You mm-hmm. talk about like uh, a visitor's experience. Portland is awesome, especially on the food side. Uh, you know yes. the food trucks and everything. Um, talk about your experience in Portland, what you did there, some of your favorite things about Portland um, for some of our listeners that maybe haven't been there yet. Yeah, for me, it's a great food city. Um, it's a it's a beautiful place. I think uh, you know people associate rain all the time, right? Uh, and it just it just kind of there's a drizzle, there's gray skies and light rain kind of all winter. Uh, but I don't think the weather is quite as uncomfortable as people might think. Um, and then the summers are just gorgeous, and it's you know light till ten o'clock, and there's n- very little humidity. Um, there's not much extreme heat or extreme cold. Maybe that's sort of happened more in recent years. But um, you know it's you know seventy five, eighty in the summer and forty in the winter. So, uh, and then it's just an incredible food scene, and it's like you got access to the ocean. You've got uh, wine country, sort of right outside of Portland. So you got, you know, great produce, great wine. Um, Portland has more breweries than any city in the world. Um, wow. So there's a really good sort of beer culture, which is just kind of like a, which kind of overlaps with the food culture. It's, you know, local ingredients and, and supporting sort of locally owned small businesses. And so there's just kind of a culture of, um, you know, craft, right? And it translates not just into beer, but into, food and local restaurants and and the food trucks and um so it's just kind of a really fun and and great city uh my experience there i mean we we grew up there and we both uh left for college um i came back and i had been living in new york city um in maybe 2010 2011 something like that and i came and helped mayor pete but then i went back to portland in 2012 and I missed my New York City bagels, and so I started a food truck of my own, uh, selling bagels. And I, which, for those who don't know, Portland and food trucks is there, it's a big deal. There's something like yeah. 800 of them yeah. at, at at its peak. I think there's 600 something, you know, food trucks at any given time. Um, my kind of city, and it's a whole different like kind of scene because it's it's less mobile, right? Like you think of, um, you know, you find them on Twitter, on Instagram, whatever, and and you know where they park this day. It's not really that. It's like you know, a bunch of picnic tables in the middle or just like a whole city block with they're just, you know, like I had two and they never moved. Um, you know, I you know, had specific corners and it was just like accessible for people in nearby offices or. That's a good point because you know, so. that's what surprised me yeah, yeah. Um, when I went to Portland is you hear food truck, you think it's on the move, it's going to be on the street. It's more so just kind of like a, like I said, like a park, a social park. Yeah, it's like a yeah. pod. Just surrounded yeah. so by pod food. Of like a lot of the ones. Yeah. Right, yeah. Yeah, a lot of the ones in downtown, they, they park in a parking lot, but they face out to the sidewalk. And so you just kind of walk up and down the sidewalk and you decide what you want. And then once you get like out of downtown and you're more in like the neighborhoods of the city, it'll be like an empty lot and there'll be a bunch of picnic tables in the middle and a bunch of 
food trucks are on the outside. They call them food carts in Portland. So it's always tricky for me because it's kind of everywhere else they call them food trucks, but we always call them carts. And you're required to be mobile. Like you have, like I had to be able to move if I needed to, but I never needed to. Like I just rented the spot in the lot and then, you know, people knew I was going to be there every time. So I had, I had a kitchen where I was making bagels um, that I shared with a caterer and he did kind of daytimes and I would come in late and make bagels and then I would, you know, take them out in the morning, drop them off at my carts and, and a couple of, you know, coffee shops and other clients around town. Um, but it was fun to be part of that sort of food cart culture in Portland because it is like, you know, I think there's Portland and there's Austin and there's LA and there's a handful of cities that have really great sort of food truck scenes, but Portland is is up there and you know the best among them i think and it's we were just in austin and you look on like google for places to eat and you assume looking on google it's going to be a restaurant or like a, an actual physical location and a lot of times you show up and it, it's a food food truck yeah. or a food cart so yeah austin was very similar to yeah. portland yeah um talk a little bit more about the birth then into baker and rose you mentioned you had the hospitality side down you had the food side um what were those early conversations like and how did it move into a reality I mean, I I wasn't here for some of it. You know, it was, um, you know, from my side, it was kind of like, what can I do from Antarctica? And, and, you know, but Kevin definitely took a lot of that on and, and made some early decisions. Yeah, I mean, I think, like, just over the year, I mean, she was halfway around the world, you know, a lot of times. and It and, was still known she was going to – you, you well, had fully committed, though, at that point? Mm -hmm. Well, you know, she was in Antarctica, but even in the in the years before that, she was in Australia or New Zealand or wherever mm -hmm. she was. And, you know, we would see each other on holidays or, you know, and, like, you know, the idea was there that we've kind of got these uh, complementary skill sets. Like, you know, right. if we had an opportunity to do something. And, you know, for me, part of the appeal of coming back to South Bend was uh, – you know, the, the barrier to entry to, to maybe starting a restaurant was going to be lower here. The, I think there were opportunities. The city was growing. There's some, you know, vacancy that is starting to fill in and we might have opportunities. So, you know, I was just kind of keeping my eyes open for places. And I'd looked around town a few times and not, you know, found kind of the right thing. And then I went and looked at at this when I saw that it was open, like our, our current space inside the Emporium building. And, you know, I went and I was like, I'm not sure this is right. Like it's small. And I thought about it for a few more days and I was like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to pursue this. Cause I think, you know, if we, you know, bring in some of our own equipment a little bit, we tweak a few things. Like, I think we can make this actually a really good place. I think we can get enough out of this kitchen. It's small, but I think we can do enough here to, um, kind of make this a really good place and a, a fun restaurant and a good addition to, you know, this neighborhood and to downtown South Bend where there's a lot going on. So, um, so then it was just kind of reaching out to her and I knew that she had, three or four months left in Antarctica, you know, I knew it would take us a few months to, you know, make a few changes, um, you know, to the space and, and tweak a few things and get furniture in and, you know, just get all the things that, that go into getting a business ready. Um, you know, so I sort of got a head start on that, but, you know, it was a couple months before we opened that she was like, yeah, I'm just going to finish my commitment here. I think, you know, she had a month or two left or whatever. And then it was, you know, get here, get settled in for a few weeks and then get ready Dive to open. In. So, um, but you know, it was, um, but it was something that, that she just kind of had to, you know, trust me on it. <laughs> you know, it wasn't so, like, Colleen, what yeah. was your first yeah. time in South Bend? Uh, I think it was May 1st, I guess. It May, was when May Baker and Rose was already like a thing and you were like, well, <laughs> you know, we had the spot. Uh, I showed up and it was like, all right, like we're going to go to Lowe's and get some paint. And then we're going to paint this wall. And then these chairs are going to show up next week. And we're going to put all those together. And, um, yeah, so I showed up May 1st, I believe it was. And then we opened on May 30th. So within a month of us opening, which but was even, quick. Even but that, even that, it's like she showed up. We spent, you know, a week or 10 days kind of working on it. And then she flew back to Portland like two weeks. And, yeah. and drove a car back. So it's yeah. like. You know, for at least Man, that's a drive. seven to ten days, something <laughs> like, like that. Like she was, she was. <laughs> You're giggling. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, yeah, I, I didn't volunteer for that. Yeah. One. I, I was like, yeah. How many hours? Like, I'll be that? here. Uh, I'll do some extra painting. Oh, it takes. Uh, take, it took us like five or six, six days, probably, and we. Ooh, you know, I think of you could do stopped. it. We could do it faster, but you know, my, I was right. with my mom. You might so be we... able to do it in three like really long days, and, yeah. but it might even take yeah, be a rough anybody for it. Yeah. It's a long, and yeah, yeah, it's a long. The first couple hours out of Portland are really, really beautiful, and then 
Then it gets rough. Then you hit a lot of nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I do uh, the drive back to Kansas pretty often. The, yeah, yeah, the west side of Kansas, and that's a, just a terrible drive. Yeah. yeah. Um, so what were your first thoughts about South Bend? Um, I, I, well, I was sharing this with Kevin the other day. Um, you know, it's like you come in from the airport, and it's a bit of a, you know, depleted area that right. you, you come through. Coming and you, down Lincoln Way yeah, West. Yeah, and you're yeah. kind of like, and so at first I was kind of like. Uh-oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but then, you know, you come in and you start to see some of the, you know, I think it's Liberty Tower now, and you start to right. see some of the other buildings popping up. And um, and you, I think in South Bend, you can sort of immediately see the character of downtown, which right. I, I think has a lot to do with its growth over the last few years and the changes that it's made. Um, I never saw it before the streets had the roundabouts and were sort right, of right. narrowed All and one way. Yeah, yeah, more parking spots and stuff. So, you know, I think I immediately sort of saw some of the character, you know, it was pretty shortly after I showed up, they started doing rafting down the East race. And, um, so it didn't take too long before, you know, cause I've, I've been a lot of places and, and sometimes you get to a city and, um, you know, it, it just doesn't have a lot of character right. and, it, and it might be a decent size, but but I'm definitely more after, like, I take quality over quantity. Right, and, right. and it seemed like it had a lot to offer pretty early on for me. So And it's, I mean, it wasn't that long ago where just a couple people like you coming back here to open a restaurant was pretty much out of the question for mm-hmm. South Bend. Mm-hmm. Um, so strides have been made uh, on that end, too. Getting into the earlier days of Baker and Rose, what were the negotiations or talks like for what you wanted the menu to look like? Did you pretty much know right away, or was there a little back and forth? I mean, you know, I think we had some ideas. I mean, part of it is it's not like – I mean, we have to work with the sort of 100-something square foot kitchen that we have, right? right? So it's like, okay, we're, we, we're going to be, you know, breakfast and lunch. We really want to get into weekend brunch, um, but we're going to, you know, start slow, make sure we kind of know what we're doing, um, and, and build up to it. Uh, so, you know, we had, you know, some sandwiches in mind and really it was a matter of kind of going into, uh, you know, local producers, local farmers, farmers market, unity gardens, um, you know, really finding kind of who are the, the great, uh, local producers, um, that we could work with and, uh, you know, make sure that this was a place that was not only just a place people could go to eat in downtown South Bend, um, you know, a place in this neighborhood, but also a larger part of the community, like working with and supporting, um, you know, people growing food and, and people sort of making specialty products and, and local products. So, you know, for us, the menu, like we knew it was going to sort of, you know, shift throughout the seasons that, you know, we're going to have different things kind of come onto the menu and fade off the menu. And um, so it was less, it was a a negotiation or anything that we're you know we never had any real disagreements on it's sort of like hey if you got an idea like let's let's you know play with this and um you know we had when we started there were great fresh strawberries and they went out of season and then we had you know great uh heirloom tomatoes and they went out of season and so you know we've we've just sort of cycled through some things and you know it's a it's a place where i mean we really picked that place so that we could um, like Colleen said, kind of get our foot in the door. Um, but also like it's a testing ground. Like, you know, it's, it's, if we want to try something new on the menu, it's very easy to, um, like we put a biscuit breakfast sandwich. We make these big homemade biscuits. Um, and then we had this ghost pepper honey from unity gardens and we're like, Oh, this is a cool, fun ingredient. I don't know what I'm going to do with it, but I, I like it. So I'm going to try it. And, you know, picked it up from them brought it back like biscuits go real well with honey you know let's make a sandwich a breakfast sandwich with a little drizzle of honey on the biscuit uh and and actually make it just kind of this you know beast of a sandwich and we did that kind of as a special and people went crazy and we were making extra batches and and you know people are coming back the next day and so we're like all right let's just put this on the menu all the time and so, so we've had things where you know we try something and it doesn't stick and we try something and people go crazy for it and we keep it on the menu. So, uh, it's kind of a, an evolving process and, and that's, you know, kind of what we wanted it to be was something we could just kind of keep playing with different ideas. So, and I think 
something that's kind of come just over through the process of um you know playing with things on the menu like there's there's certain things that you know we've tried and it's like that's it that's the one you know and we put it right on the menu and then sometimes it's like a couple of, of examples you know Kevin often has sort of like the beginnings of an idea you know and so he, he made his, himself a grilled cheese sandwich a couple times and I said pear jam would go really good on that you know and then I was like oh yeah that's the one or you know we did I did a sort of mock version of a croak monsoor you know yeah, and yeah, yeah. we turned it into a croak midwest where you know and he sort of perfected it so we've been kind of had a nice balance of like you know there just needs to be a little bit of tweak and we've been able to talk it out and play off each other to make those final touches and so yeah. one thing i did want to mention is a lot of your ingredients are local um fresh and a lot of times you put it right up on the board too um was that something from the beginning you knew you wanted to do yeah. yeah, that's something, you know, and, and we started in, you know, the very end of May, early June was kind of when we opened, and that's a really great time around here. The, the farmer's market starts getting, you know, getting full, and there's just tons of great local fresh stuff for the next six or seven months. It gets tougher this time of year, um, but, you know, so we're doing, like, grilled cheese, and we're doing things that are sort of never out of season um, and a little more comforting. Um, but, yeah, we knew that that – there's really just, there's great, you know, Michigan, you know, just a few minutes up the road is the top cherry producer in the country. So we're like, let's see if we can incorporate these cherries that are just grown a few hours north uh, into our menu. And we figured out kind of a way to, to turn these cherries into an aioli that goes on our ham sandwich. Um, and then, you know, we have microgreens uh, grown by uh, this small new farm, Sunchoke Farms. It's an urban farm in the near Northwest neighborhood. Um, we're using Unity Gardens. Uh, so yeah, we we knew that that was important to us. Is you know, we're not gonna always be 100% local. Like we use sea salt from Oregon from from our other home, um, but we wanted to support the other local businesses that are sort of helping drive the South Bend kind of food scene forward. And I think, too, not just that it was important to us to do that, but I think important to the South Bend community. You know, you yep. look at the restaurants um, in other areas that people want to go to, and it's those spots that are using um, food from their region, and they're being creative with it. And, you know, the biggest compliment one of our customers paid to us was – he was like, we decided to pretend like we were Baker and Rose at home and try this dish or whatever. You know, it's like be awesome, yeah. yeah, be creative with what with what is um, going on around us, and I think the community appreciates it. And and you know, it's not going to reach everybody, but uh, I think a lot of people are interested in that, and that was important to us as well. And let's talk about your location a little bit too. So, um, right on the river in the Emporium building, you walk in and you're right right there, ready to roll. Um, what are when you were picking out the location i mean what stood out about it was there any potential downfall that you saw or something that you saw that said this has to be the place um was it a no-brainer or was there a decision to be made um you know a little bit of back and forth i mean it you know i like when i first looked at the kitchen i was like i like the building i like the location i like that we're right on the river um you know i think that you could you know, the space was maybe a little bit underutilized. There weren't a lot, there wasn't a lot of seating. Um, but hey, we could turn this into kind of a cool place if we, you know, strung up some lights and kind of brightened up the space and little painting. And, um, you know, I thought it could kind of be, has a cool kind of courtyard feel. There's a lot of natural light. So we really liked the space. I, if I had any doubts early on, it was, well, is the kitchen kind of big enough? Is there enough capability right. to actually, you know, if I put 30 something seats out here, is our kitchen big enough to like service it if, it's, if, if we're really yeah. busy, you know? So that, and that was part of, you know, we've had, you know, we've had our days where we've been really busy and, and try to make sure that the menu is really efficient and we can get things out quickly, um, was to make sure that we could handle it. And, you know, so we tried to, you know, do some early events in the space where we can kind of test all right, if we've got, you know, 30-something people sitting out here, can we crank it out fast enough? Um, so that was kind of, that was where I had doubts. And, and you know, we kind of, all right, if we design the menu in a certain way where we can get stuff out fast enough, 
then I, I really like the space. And it was, you know, just a good opportunity for us because it didn't require, I mean, starting a restaurant, you know, if you're installing, you know, tons of equipment and you're, you know, doing construction, I mean, some of these uh, restaurant build outs cost a ton of money and this didn't really require that. Um, you know, we were able to get in relatively cheap by restaurant standards. So that was, that was a big factor of like, Hey, like let's, let's do this. And, and, you know, by the standards of starting a restaurant, this is going to be relatively low risk. So, uh, let's get in there and kind of show them what we can do and, and just bring something new to the neighborhood. And, um, so it was, I don't want to say total no brainer. Cause I mean, we did have to think about whether it was, whether we could do enough in it, but, um, you know, I think as we kind of talked it out and, and thought about it, like, all right, we can, we can make something of this space if we, you know, if we're strategic about how we, you know, use our space. And I just had to trust Kevin. Because, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> again, I wasn't I So wasn't the first yet. time you walked into the location, it was like a... Yeah, it was this already is, ours. It was like, this, is what <laughs> so it's like, this is what we have to work with, so let's do it, you know? <laughs> yeah. And uh, I want to talk about the name, too, Baker and Rose, uh, where that came from. Um, safe to assume with Portland being the Rose City, that's where the Rose came from. So fill us in on that. Yeah, Portland is the Rose City. Um you know, and that's obviously shaped us in, in so many ways as who we are as people and how we think about food. And then uh, Baker is sort of short for Studebaker and this important thing in South Bend's history and, and what helped shape South Bend to what it is. So, uh, you know, we thought it was kind of a fun little mashup um, to kind of be Baker and Rose and, and uh, you know, our, our home that we grew up in and then, you know, the city that we're calling home now kind of mashed those two together. Um, we did you know, we kind of, there's a, you know, people ask who's Baker and who's Rose or, um, you know, they're, you know, oh, well, you're like a bakery, you know, like, so there's all kinds of things that kind of people come to think of, but for us, it was mostly like, all right, let's kind of something that symbolizes South Bend. It's something that symbolizes Portland. Um, and then, you know, we made the logo with, uh, in the shape of, we had a really talented, uh, group of people help yeah, us make yeah, the logo yeah. Yeah. alpha dog you made the logo <laughs> yeah. um but the, the so the logo yeah. sort of is in the shape that the south Bend flag has mm-hmm. where it sort of symbolizes the river and we thought since we're right on the river let's kind of make our our logo have that same kind of wavy shape that that's on the south Bend city flag and so you know we wanted to kind of be thoughtful about uh you know how we how we thought about those things and how they sort of tied back into south Bend and to how to who we are so um, it was a, it was a fun process to kind of think through that and, and people seem to enjoy the story when they, we get asked all the time, like, uh, where'd the name right. come from? You know? Do yeah. you really? Yeah. Yeah. yeah you know, like if it was just Kevin's yeah. cafe or Colleen's cafe, you yeah. know, people kind of, they, they don't even have to ask, but, right. uh, Baker and Rose that people kind of get curious about. So, yeah. And we like too that, um, you know, it's got sort of the, it's a pink outline and kind of a light brown and, you know, it's, um. I think it stands out to what you see right. a lot around here. You know, we don't right. have TVs. We don't have, you know, we're not probably the um, post tailgate game place, right, right, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, or pre- or whatever, you know, uh, doing something a little bit different from what you would normally see as far as um, some of our, you know, marketing and, and uh, right. things go, which is cool. Now, before we get to the fun stuff, a uh, question to ask everybody that comes on. Um, I hear from both you guys. Um, advice you would have for um, someone that's either looking to start. It doesn't even have to be a restaurant. It could be any business. But someone who's looking to take kind of that next step and be like, I'm going to do it and give it a shot. Uh, what advice would you have for them? I mean, I would say... Uh believe you know be patient and believe in yourself you know it's uh if you're doing a good thing you know we're making great food and you know we show up every day we take a lot of pride in it and and I believe that that's a lot of what'll make it work you know and um it's not gonna happen overnight uh but if you just stay patient and just continue to know that you're doing the right thing and you're showing up every day, you know, you start to, it's like, even if we have like a slow day, for example, those most often are the days where we make really strong connections with our customers and have a really great day in that way. And, um, you know, it's just always moving forward and, um, trying to keep that, you know, confidence and belief that 
it's going to work out. Yeah, I, yeah, that I definitely agree with that. I mean, you just got to kind of grind and and believe in the vision that you have, and um, you know that you can. I think you have to find that that happy medium between I'm going to plan for everything and I'm going to have thought every scenario out and I'm going to you know have you you have detailed spreadsheet like you have all this stuff. I mean that's all great and you should really be thinking through everything and you should you should have a strategy but at the same time you kind of just have to go execute and you realize that once you get into it things don't always go according to plan that doesn't work you know it's it's so you know i'm i'm a i'm a planner and i like to kind of map out all right this is what i want to see happen and i you know try to you know i try to crunch the numbers or whatever like if this many people come in or if you know we sell this many sandwiches or whatever um and some days things go better than you had even planned and some days they go much worse than you had planned and you know something that was never even under consideration you know presents itself an opportunity or you know something breaks and and you get thrown off so you know you really just have to be resilient and you have to um you know be able to adapt because you know when you're the business owner whatever happens good or bad, like you just have to deal with it. And, um, you know, so, so be thoughtful, have a plan, uh, but be prepared to, you know, go wherever it takes you and kind of trust your gut If you know, we were planning to do X, but then, you know, Y came up and it was started working really well. So we're pursuing that path. So you kind of have to, you know, be prepared to, Sometimes plans go out the window. Sometimes yeah. plans go out the window and sometimes something, <laughs> yeah. something, you know, sometimes it doesn't work. Sometimes something better comes along and, and you have like a, a new mode where you've got a, a new stream of revenue or, you know, or something that you didn't expect to become popular becomes popular. And, you know, you gotta, you need to be able to adapt as well. And there's a lot of that. I think probably early on in any business is you just kind of have to go where, uh, you know, where things are feeling good and where you've got momentum and, you know, where you're seeing positive results. Um, so, you know, I think that's, I guess that's my advice. And other than same, same as Colleen said, you just kind of have to, you know, grind it out. It, you're not going to, you know, you can't get, you're not going to get everything you want in the first, you know, right away. You just kind of have to keep pushing and keep, you know, following, you know, where you think you want to go and, and, you know, things work out over time if you just kind of grind it out. I'm a bit more spontaneous than he is, so we try to find a happy medium. And, and so you're the, we'll the make it work, and you're the planner, <laughs> let's, let's but my spreadsheet said this. Yeah. I, I'm more on your side. I like to like plan, 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 and when something goes off course, it can be frustrating, but yeah, like something you got to live with, and that's where having you come in, comes in <laughs> yeah. handy. And, and it's like I know, like, all right, we're – I'm like, I, I think that like we've got a plan, like I've thought this out or whatever, and it, when I'm like – I'm 80% ready to like pull the trigger on this plan we have. It's like, let's just do it. Like, like I've planned far enough. Now it's time to just, you know, I've thought of the contingency plans. Like let's just, you know, whether that's for us, that was like launching our brunches or we, you know, we did a picnic in the park. We, you know, that stuff, it's like, okay, we've got to order different ingredients and we've got to prep different things and we, you know, need to change our staffing plan. And, you know, so you got to like think through all those different things, but sometimes you just have to pull the trigger and, and, be ready to for kind of whatever comes at you. Love it. You want to change gears a little bit? Have uh, some questions that are a little more fun. All, All right. right. Lighting room. All right. You're scheduled for the electric chair. What's your last meal? Oh. What did I do to get in the electric chair? <laughs> um. <laughs> oh man. Let's keep uh, tax evasion. Uh, I don't know. Let's, yeah, let's not. Is that? Maybe not murder or anything. Let's yeah, go. With yeah. Very very bad <laughs> yeah. case of tax evasion. <laughs> um. Gosh, that's that's a great question. There's a lot of good food out there, obviously. Um, I feel like I should uh, say something from Baker and Rose, but <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm going to say uh, I, I took a trip through Vietnam. My friend and I were on a motorbike, and I crashed it with both of us on it, and it did not feel very good. And, and so we caught a taxi home, and we were really shook up, and we were so hungry, and we were trying to communicate with this man who didn't speak any English, and finally we were just like, pull over, pull over, you know? <laughs> so we went to this random uh, Vietnamese restaurant in, uh, I guess it was in Hoi An, which is kind of in the middle of the country, and it was the best meal I've ever had. It was um, kind of like crab ragoon type oh, things yeah. with like a mango salsa on top, oh. and then they had uh, 
like shrimp and rice pancakes that you like roll up and dip it with like fresh herbs wrapped around it into a sauce and it was like just phenomenal it was like and i was like i couldn't have asked for a better sort of scenario because it was a tough tough evening (laughs) you were able to rebound a little bit the waitress was like hugging us and she was (laughs) so it was a very good meal i think maybe a repeat of that for me i you know assuming i still have friends or family after whatever i did (laughs) to get in the electric i mean for me the the most fun meals like i've ever had like the the huge communal meals like i went to spain with a group of like 10 friends and the way that they eat it's like my my friend who spoke spanish was just like hey and he ordered like some of everything on the menu like amazing wine and it just keep you know plate after plate of you know bread and and we were eating calamari and shrimp and octopus and um you know all this uh thinly shaved jamon uh this ham that you know so there's like that type of meal where sort of everyone is sharing um so you'd ask them to so, give you a seat at a community yeah. table yeah, and yeah. bring us with the, these people will, <laughs> with the other, so I, other yeah, <laughs> but like that's that's like the last that would be the last meal i want is like not one where i'm you know, eating solo, you know, we all do it. It's fun. And like having my own plate of food is great. But for me, the, um, the community aspect of like sharing a great meal right. with, with a whole bunch of people, I think is, is a really fun way to do it. So that's food it. Food is an experience. Yeah. 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 And it, it's my last meal I get to pick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it just came to me. I think one of my finalists would actually be a place out of Portland. Uh, Pock Pock. Yeah. 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 I, like looking at, I saw it was popular, and looking at pictures, I was like, I don't know if I'm gonna like it. That is delicious. It's <laughs> yeah, so it's good. really it's good. So good. Speaking of that, it what, stays what, a Portland staple. Yeah. What yeah. are some of your favorite Portland foods? I mean, when you when you go back to Portland, yeah. what do you make sure to hit up? I personally am a big fan of the tasty, the people who do the tasty restaurants. So there's Tasty in Alder, which is 10th and okay. Alder downtown, and then. I'm not sure where the other one. Tasty and Sons closed, and they're opening yeah. Tasty and Daughters, okay. um, Southeast Portland. Oh, we got the story behind that. And it turns out yeah. initially the owners named it Tasty and Sons. Have since both had children, and they were all girls. <laughs> so, <laughs> so kind of a ball don't lie situation there. Yeah. Um, there's a. I love a place called Bamboo Sushi. It's the yeah. world's first sustainable sushi restaurant. Uh, so it's kind of like it's a very Portland thing to care about the environment and and you know a lot of these seafood restaurants in particular can you know fish things that aren't sustainable but uh, bamboo sushi is I think a really delicious great place um, you know Portland is I think the Pine Street Market is one of my favorite sort of food halls there's these food yeah. halls popping up all over the country but Pine Street Market's really cool um, but yeah, I mean, for us in Portland, a lot of times it's uh, less about going back. There's just kind of a constant stream of new places um, that are coming open. So The last time we went as a family to a Korean restaurant over Christmas and ordered everything on the menu, and they That's were the yeah, it's very place, it's a, excited about that. Were they? <laughs> it's cool. I mean, in the restaurant industry, it's really challenging. It's And uh, there's a, a guy, he's a guy named Peter Cho. He's the chef. Han Oak is the place we went. And he basically, he was working at really great New York City restaurants, but it's that's a tough life. Like you're working really late or whatever, and he's, he had a family and uh, you know, young children, and he wanted to just have a little more balance in his life. So they moved to Portland. It's a little slower pace. And he bought this old mechanics garage or, you know, somehow got hold of this old mechanics garage. And so you basically go in and there's, uh, in the garage, there's a kitchen. And then they sort of took the, this backyard and made that into a seating area. And like, we went there on a rainy night and, you know, they put up this big dome over it and you're kind of like sitting in this backyard. It's got an outdoor feel even in, you know, winter in Portland. And, uh, and it's basically just his backyard and his kids like, you know, toys are scattered around <laughs> yeah, and yeah. they're just kind of running around and his mom makes kimchi for the restaurant. Like it, it, he just was like, I'm going to move and they live upstairs. So he's like, I'm going to have a restaurant open four days a week and, you know, have my kids just, they can run around and play while, while I'm at work basically. And so he could have a better family life and, and then he's just a really gifted, brilliant chef. So the, the food is phenomenal. And, um, you know, it's kind of fun you know, stuff like that in Portland where, uh, 
you know, you're still, you're, there's creativity and innovation kind of within the food industry, but there's a real emphasis on enjoying your life too. So, yeah. mm-hmm. so if you were leading an army in the civil war, would you rather have a modern tank on your side or a T-Rex? T-Rex for sure. T-Rex. Yeah, I think T-Rex. It just, yeah. just, that seems uh, to be the popular <laughs> answer. Yeah. I would, yeah. Yeah, I guess for the, it'd be I love scary. Dinosaurs. You yeah. love dinosaurs? Yeah. yeah. So would you take some raptors too, a nice pack of raptors? Yeah, yes. <laughs> would you rather have a pack of raptors or a T-Rex? I think still a T-Rex. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. I'd go raptors. I think I want the air, the ability to fly. Mm. I don't know. Yeah. Very versatile. But I think, for just, I think it'd be more fun to... Show up with a dinosaur. I just just picture sitting on like a, you know, I would obviously befriend the T Rex and then just sit on its little arm while it kind of walked around. (laughs) (laughs) People can't see what I'm doing here, but I'm walking like a a T Rex. (laughs) Have either of you been stuck on an elevator? I don't think I have. I don't think I have either. Never. I guess I'd probably remember if I had. I have not been stuck on an elevator. No, I don't think I have. Uh, I did. Accidentally hit a bunch of buttons on a large elevator and make some people upset, which was a little bit scary. Like a lot of people were on the elevator. With <laughs> There's it? a lot of people, and I hit about 15 buttons. <laughs> like and every so floor, or any like bad every buttons? floor. Oh, okay, so <laughs> just so like it kept stopping, and I was laughing, but they were not laughing. <laughs> it was very <laughs> apparent that you did it. You couldn't play it off like someone else. They were did like, it. "Hey, hey, hey!" Because I didn't notice that oh. I leaned up against it. You know, whoops. Huh? Better than getting stuck. Yeah, yeah, true. All right, let's go. Um, so being in the restaurant industry, and it kind of takes up your entire day, do you watch, like, reality cooking shows at all? Uh, I don't watch the reality ones I, very much. Uh, I like sort of, like, Chef's Table Netflix, like, more like the documentary okay, ones. Okay, yeah. But the, like, Chopped and yeah. um, I don't even know which other ones. There's a couple other ones. Yeah. I don't really watch the, the those ones so much. I got really into the Great British Bake Show. Which is adorable. And then that in turn led to watching Nailed It. Okay. Which led to a cake pop competition among the f- with our family over the Christmas yeah, break. We took a little break around Christmas and that's where so we sort of binge watched Nailed It uh, when we and were just sitting at home. I think actually, so my sister was texting them to one of her, he's kind of a family friend and um, he voted one of my mom my mom made like a little angel okay and it was not the best one but (laughs) but from what he could see on instagram it he voted it number one yeah Uh, claire made a great uh minion okay yeah yeah you got real creative yeah yeah Yeah, i did an abominable snowman and a pikachu yeah. So how long how long did uh, the whole was there a time constraint on it? Like, did you have to get stuff done in a certain amount of time, or nah, pretty much just free nah. to we do what you wanted to it. do? But we yeah. did it for several hours. I mean, it really? Was, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was, we probably made like twenty of them. It was pretty impressive. All right, so this is kind of like a off the hip answer. If so, like a standard above ground pool, you know, like in mm-hmm. someone's backyard, mm-hmm. like growing up. How long do you think it'd take you to drink all the water in one of those? Six weeks. Six weeks. Okay. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to go a month. Okay. So I've had everywhere from like, I ask this just like random places too. So I don't just ask on here. Like I'll just go down the street and ask people this. I've had anywhere from a couple days to, turns out the like correct answer, if you want to say a gallon a day, ends up being like almost 20 years. Yeah. Oh, wow. It's like 7,400 gallons in there. Wow. And I had, if it were LaCroix, I could drink it. (laughs) You could still get it done. (laughs) (laughs) I asked one guy that was. Uh, a math professor and he started crunching the numbers immediately and he was like 20 and a half years i was like it's pretty close yeah. <laughs> we have had i would have get i said i think i said a month the first time i was asked because it doesn't seem like that much water but yeah i guess it is um one more question for uh just like a weekend you're looking to get out and do something in south bend um not even food related just looking to have fun uh, is there any places you like to go or is it do you usually like to stay home go watch a movie what do you usually do um, well, I do like to go out to eat, okay. which is a fun I mean, one. you can name yeah. other food yeah. places. I just say you don't but, have to um, name other food places. I also really like the, I feel like people in South Bend are really creative, which is awesome. So I've gotten into, they do open sewing at a place called So Loved on okay. Sample Street, uh, which has been really cool. And then I make South Bend is awesome. You can go in yeah, there. Over go on to their Mishawaka w- Ave, I think it is. Yeah. River Park River area. River Park area, yeah. yep. And uh, you can paint, you can 
there's pottery sewing there's a wood shop there's a tech lab like there's all kinds of cool stuff that you can do so i've gotten really into crafting and and you know sometimes i'll just do it at home because i just yeah. really enjoy it that's so. awesome yeah um yeah for me i like mostly what i go out and do is food and drink anyway so uh it's just you know but i i, I think south bend's like a really great base for sort of day trips so mm-hmm. you know take take you over to neighboring towns and check out breweries and southwestern michigan is breweries and wineries and the beach you know when the season's right um you know i like that it's easy to get up and do a quick overnight if you want to do chicago or detroit or you know for me that's a fun thing to go do check out restaurants and um you know within within the city like in terms of going out to eat and and supporting like other sort of local bars and restaurants like i like to do that during the week i know that like you know business can be slower for places on, you know, Tuesdays and Wednesdays and Thursdays. So I like to pop in and kind of those days. And, uh, the weekend for me is, you know, if we're, if we're not, you know, booked with any catering or we haven't done any events or anything, like I'll cook at home and I can, you know, do a little more elaborate stuff. Um, so I kind of take it easy when I've got right, like a weekend yeah. in South Bend and then, uh, but it's an, it's a fun base to, you know, there's a lot of stuff within, you know, 30 minutes each direction you know, in addition, in addition to like stuff that we like to do in the city. So a bonus question I'm throwing in right now, both of you being so well-traveled, is there any places on your hit list that you'd like to travel to that, or that you're planning to go to, or now is it kind of like, you know, you've been so many places that you don't mm. even really, it is not like that. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a yeah. never, it's kind of a never ending list. Cause yeah. it's like even there's a whole, obviously so many places still left to go. Yeah. But then it's like, there's so many places I've, been to that i want to go back to right. or you want to you know what see are a few places on your guys mind I right mean, now? what's next yeah. south america is the only continent i haven't been on okay so i def that's very high on my list i've also been very interested in the middle east okay so um for me i've done a couple trips to asia but probably not in 10 years something like that so um my girlfriend's never been to Asia, so we're like, hey, our next big trip, like the next time we can get a couple weeks, like we'll probably go go through Asia is kind of what we were thinking. Um, otherwise, for me, it's just I like the – I really like, you know, short one- and two-day trips within the United States because, you know, I travel so much to kind of see what other chefs are doing and other restaurants are doing and um, kind of experience, like, different kind of regional stuff. So I like to do that and – you know, but that's, that's like easy to think, all right, like we just did over Christmas, we like popped up to Seattle. It's really easy from Portland. We went down to Los Angeles and San Diego and, um, you know, we just did New York a couple weeks ago. So it's, uh, it's easy to, you know, and then I kind of, then it kind of goes back to the, the end of the list, you know, and, and do it all up again. And then, you know, like sometime next year, you know, within a few years later, like, all right, it's time to go back and like kind of see what's new in, in New York or see what's new in LA or see, you know, we were, we did New Orleans in the fall and, you know, there's all, but like those places to me are the places I can keep always going back. And, right. you know, especially if you travel f- like I do, which is very sort of food centric, there's always more places to try. And there, there's always like a couple old favorites that you want to go back to and a couple new places that you can kind of check out. So, so I, I do a lot of like repeat trips that are, you know, easy, you know, one and two day trips. And I think the next big one's probably Asia. We were just talking about, you know, sort of Tanzania and Ethiopia. Um, but that might be a couple, couple trips away. Are Portland and Seattle rivals? Mm. Not, I don't know. I mean, maybe for people from Seattle, no, (laughs) (laughs) I I think that (laughs) Seattle people in Seattle seem to like, they just kind of think of Portland as a place with no sales tax. Mm -hmm. Um, I think Portland used to kind of view Seattle's arrival, and now Portland has really kind of like got its own identity and its own kind of national profile. And no longer just, a little brother really think about thing. It. There's yeah, definitely there's a there's a pretty you know there's a pretty intense like soccer rivalry, okay. but you know Portland has pro basketball, pro soccer, but Seattle's basketball team left. Um, so now there's there's an, you know a couple intense rivalries like that, but overall I, I don't think the city's there's like a lot of similarities and. Because like you mentioned, ways, you visit but, Seattle, so you go visit yeah. Seattle. Yeah, no I used to always say like, "Oh, I hate yeah. Seattle." Like, and I, I definitely think Portland is a a better city, but Seattle's fine. Seattle, like, yeah. yeah, and I think um, I feel like you know Seattle's in Portland. The rumors about the West Coast are true. It's a very laid back place, you know. Okay, and yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. like 
it definitely feels like, especially since we were little kids yeah Yeah, it's it's just like a fun you know cool experience and you know one thing i was gonna say sort of about being from portland and and now you know when i go back and is that when i was a kid i was just you know all i cared about was my friends in high school and whatever and now it's I find Portland so much more interesting because I've grown up a lot and right. I, and I am interested in what the city has to offer and the food and the culture and um you know all the stuff going on and so I, I also think that that's true for Seattle you know I find Seattle really fun and interesting and I think that just if you once you start to kind of be interested in what's going on outside in the outside community you know you can really be interested in I think especially way. for for the countries like bigger cities like there are not better places to visit like in the summer like june july august september mm-hmm. uh portland and seattle are beautiful there's very little rain that that time of year um i went up t- to seattle on july 4th a few years ago and we hiked like ten thousand feet up on mount rainier you know and there's still like snow but it's warm and it's beautiful you can see forever like it you know there's just like a lot of cool stuff to do um you know, summers are perfect in the Pacific Northwest. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Before I let you get out of here, let's get to some plugs. Um, your Instagram feed is one of the prettiest ones on Instagram with a, with all you. that food. <laughs> uh, where can people find you on Instagram, website, other social media? Kind of hit them with all the info. Uh, Instagram, at Baker and Rose. We're pretty easy to find. <laughs> <laughs> at Baker and Rose. This is what you'd expect. At Baker and Rose on Instagram. At Baker and Rose on Twitter, which we don't use as much of. It's I don't think it's the best social media for restaurants. Agreed. It's very you know photo yeah. heavy, right. right? So, and then Facebook, you can find us. You know, just type in at Baker and Rose, um, and then we are at www.bakerandrose.com. We have a sample menu. It changes here and there, uh, but you know a lot of you know we try to keep it pretty current, um, and so you can find the menu on the website, and you know we'll post when we have events or you know changes to our hours or you know special brunches and things like that so and we're located inside the east bank emporium building on niles uh on the east race so you come in and you're sort of in that atrium area there and you'll see one of us standing near the register ready to greet you and it's a great spot to be in kind of in the middle between the traditional downtown with south michigan and then the ever-growing east jefferson here Right yeah. in the middle of it, right on the river, especially when the weather gets warm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah th- this side of the river. I mean, the side of the river that we're on. It's exciting to be a part of the. Right. There's a couple of other, you know, small businesses uh, that we share the building with that are really exciting. That you know, so there's a lot of good energy. And then obviously there's the park um, across the street. Is you know, there's a lot of work going on there, and that's going to be really cool when it's done. So it's a fun neighborhood to kind of be a part of, and you know, be a, you know, seeing more people moving in and, and more people coming down to check out you know the other small businesses in the area so we, we like where we're at awesome yeah well kevin and colleen thanks for coming on yeah appreciate for, it thank you thanks for having us welcome to my city bring you to my city let you ride around my city i can show you around my city welcome to my city bring you to my city